On this episode, we answer more listener questions from the Main Street Magic Community Facebook group about Disney, Universal, and more in our 11th Q&A installment. Today is June 24th, 2022. This is episode 472 of the Main Street Magic Podcast. Jeremy and Rhonda are more than a little fond of Disney World, so they made this podcast to share it all with you. Reports and resorts, top ten lists of all sorts, Main Street Magic's bringing it home for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Main Street Magic. I'm your host, Jeremy Stein, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Rhonda. Hey, guys. So we are back on the road, headed down to Disney, so we thought it would be a perfect time to finish up uh, this month's questions for our Q&A back in our little mobile studio as we're driving down I-4 very safely again, I must add. Rhonda has her eyes on the road. I've got my eyes on the questions. So we've got a handful more that we're going to go ahead and answer. Uh, but before we do that, make sure you check us out on the web at mainstmagic.com. So let's follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at mainstmagic. If you've not done so already, head out to Facebook and search for the Main Street Magic community and ask to join. And if you hit that subscribe button, you're going to get brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. The planning a trip to Disneyland or Walt Disney World can be overwhelming and honestly at times it's just downright frustrating. But Mouse Dining removes the frustration of booking Disney dining reservations, alerting you when they spot availability for your desired restaurant, date, meal, and time. If you visit msmfriends.com, you can use their free service. And then finally, if you're getting ready to plan your next Disney or Universal vacation, looking to go on a cruise or pretty much travel anywhere else in the world, head to mainstmagictravel.com and fill out a form for a free quote. Our travel services are completely free to you. So before we dive into the questions, um, I have to mention our good friend Lucy, who we're driving down to see now, along with Caleb. Um, she gave me some information yesterday that I actually didn't know. Oh, which is what? that you didn't know? I did not know it because um, you know parking is include, included with our annual passes at all the theme parks. But if we decided one day we wanted to do preferred parking. Instead of the normal $50 charge to get you there up front, it is reduced to $20 for pass holders. Oh, I knew that. Rhonda knew that. I did not. <laughs> I never asked the question. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so just a little something to know, but uh, Lucy was very excited and happy when she found out, and I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it so that I don't get in trouble by her. <laughs> All right, so first question from John Shannon, and I am actually going to end up throwing this question over to our resident universal expert, John Self. Because John Shannon asked, what is the best way or order to get all the Harry Potter stuff done at Universal? Take it away, John. Sorry to interrupt your highly entertaining and highly educational question answer session in the Main Street Magic Podcast. But this is John Self. I'm sitting, you know, in my office, you know, after working and been asked a question. Um, the question is... What is the best way order to get all the Harry Potter stuff done at Universal? Um, that's a great question, which I can assure you, if I answer it correctly, will take about an hour and a half. And since I don't want to do that, let me give you the basics of this. First variable you need to figure out, do you have early park admission? If you have early park admission, um, then you need to confirm if early park admission is at both land-based parks. Is there early park admission only at Islands of Adventure or is there early park admission at Universal Studios Florida or is it at both? And what time does it start? I know that seems kind of obvious, but you'd be shocked. People don't know that. So if you have booked 
you are staying at a resort hotel, you have early park admission. If you have one of the top level annual pass passes, you have early park admission usually. And if you have booked a vacation package, I hear there's some, you know, Main Street travel, a vacation package, early park admission can will be included in that depending on the package that you purchase. If you have early park admission, then you need to decide which way, which what's more important to you. I know a long time ago, I wrote an article about which Wizarding World um, park to visit first, which one's more important for touring plans back in the old days. If rides are more important to you, then you need to rope drop. And I do mean rope drop. You need to be there an hour early. You need to get in there the moment that security will let you in after they have cleared City Walk. And you need to enter and get immediately to Islands of Adventure, assuming it's opening for early park admission. And you need to run. Do not mean walk. I mean run to Hagrid's Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure TM and get in line. The shortest the line will be all day is then. If you do miss that window or you do not have early park admission, try to come back around noon, between noon and one. There tends to be a lull at Hagrid's Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure. Yes, I enjoy saying that. There tends to be a lull at that point, and the line, the attraction goes down to 50 minutes for actual wait. Um, once you have completed that, if your primary goal is only Wizarding World stuff, if you've gotten through Hagrid's Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure very effectively, then now you need to try to decide, do you want to go to Ollivander's? Though I would recommend you go to Ollivander's in Diagon Alley, Universal Studios, Florida. Then you are left with, do you want to ride um, Flight of the Hippogriff? Which gets a very long line, but it's a kiddie coaster. Um, then you were going to go to Forbidden Journey and decide what your options are. And depending on whether the other park has opened up, Take the Hogwarts Express across, because that queue will develop, and try to get to Gringotts as quickly as humanly possible. At that point, you have knocked out all of the major things. The Ollivander Wand Show, which is wonderful if you've never been, um, you're better off doing it at Diagon Alley because it Hogsmeade. There's only one um, show at Diagon Alley. There are two. There used to be three, but now we have Globus Monday Travel Agency in there. Um, after that, it's just a question of all the other things you want to do. I, I believe my friend Jeremy is going to link at some point an article I wrote a long time ago of the ideal Wizarding World touring plan that, you know, not the best way to do it, but how to do it so you can relive basically Harry Potter's day, Harry Potter's life through the Wizarding World. But if I were focused on just the Wizarding World stuff, which I tend not to because I'm a muggle. Um, that is how I would do it, and that is the top priority. If you do not have early park admission, do not even ponder going to Islands of Adventure first in Hogsmeade. Do not do it. Do not try it. Now, the only exception that would be if, uh, if you're going during the Halloween Horror Night season, Islands of Adventure usually is not open for early park admission. If that is true, then go there because you will have the same ability as everyone else. But Universal Orlando tends to throw out early park admission like candy at a parade. You can get it for almost anything, depending on how you book stuff. So try to be careful. If early park admission is Islands of Adventure, you do not want to go there first. Go to the other park first. Like we used to teach people when they're going to Walt Disney World, don't go to the early park admission park if you don't have early park admission. Don't do that. Um, if you 
Hagrid's Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure. Um, try to go around noon, and then you just need to decide how you want to schedule your three broomsticks time or leaky cauldron or your food and any of those things. And I cannot emphasize this enough. Um, there are many, many things that Walt Disney World does far better than Universal Orlando. But Walt Disney World, even with the majesty and the glory they created with Pandora and Galaxy's Edge, has not matched the intricate theming of the Wizarding World. Now, it helps that WB, who owns the rights to the Wizarding World, stood over Universal with an iron fist and said, do this this way. And that's why you don't see certain things. You don't see my beloved Diet Soda at Wizarding World. You don't see um, team members with phones. Um, these are all things that are required that they can't do. Enjoy that. Um, I realistically, if your entire goal is to in one day try to experience the Wizarding World, which I would not recommend, but if you choose to do that and you have paid for a two-park pass, a two-park one-day pass, uh, you can do it, but I would suggest you take pretty much all day. Now, much of this plan depends on when you're going, and shamelessly at this point, I would say, depending on where you're going, you want to check all the data that I and many other people have written. Um, I write, obviously, about touring the parks currently at piratesandprincesses.net. Um, if you want more information about food and stuff, you can go to Universal Food Blog, and they can give you a lot of that information. Um, I'm thinking that's all the information I really have. Um, I feel at this point, just to do synergy and just to combine a partner in Main Street Magic, if you're interested in dining, uh, I hear they, they have a new writer a new blogger who does food reviews at Mouse Dining. I may have met him. Um, as I record this, I may be staring his his face in the in the recording. So just so you know that. So all of these things that you can do, um, there are lots of other resources. Uh, feel free, shameless plug. Feel free if you have other questions um, to follow me on Twitter because, as I always say, I'm a gray-haired old man who spends way too much time on Twitter at Pastor P A S T O R John. John, it's spelled J-O-N, because yes, H's are O, self, and I'll be happy to enter, answer any of these universal questions and going from there. I hope that helps a little bit because the question is, is kind of open-ended and depends on your group and how you're going to do it, but I'll be happy to follow up. Hopefully, I haven't taken too much time in Jeremy's podcast and too many people haven't sped through this and ignored this. Thanks, and I will see all of you in the Main Street Magic Facebook group. John, thank you so much. Uh, we, that was a good answer. Yeah, I mean, we have our ideas and thoughts, but we knew that John is really oh, going to yeah. knock it out of the park. And if, again, if you really want that detailed information about it, um, go to touringplans.com, look up Ultimate Harry Potter Touring Plan, and you can check out a very extensive article from John that will lead you all the way through making sure you knock out all those Harry Potter attractions. Uh, John Shannon also asked, what is one thing you wish you knew before your first ever trip to Universal? Our first ever trip was June 6th. Well, kind of. I'm going to say like our first ever real trip. You know, we hadn't been in so long. It was June 6th of 2020 when they reopened. Um, we immediately became pass holders. Yeah. Let's just say, though, you know, we weren't planning on going all the time and becoming pass holders. And maybe we're, you know, doing our family vacation. Are there certain things you wish you knew? ahead of time um well you know it here's the hard part it just reopened so we got to ride a bunch of stuff without having giant crazy crowds yeah but i do think when the crowd started coming back 
and things like that. Um, good thing to know is if you stay on one of their legacy pro properties, which is Hard Rock, Portofino, or Royal Pacific, you get Express Pass as your key card. Unlimited. Unlimited. Yeah. So that's really good. And if you don't, you can buy it. At an outrageous amount. But yeah, it's very expensive. So. I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. The two things to know is, is know the pricing. Um, I think that obviously you're you're going to know when you pay for it. <laughs> like, yeah. But I'm saying do your research ahead of time because everybody thinks that Universal is like so much cheaper or something than Disney. It's not. Mm -mm. Um, you know, and yeah, know that I would hate for someone to not know, this is why you use a travel agent, that Express Pass Unlimited is included with your room when you stay at one of those legacy hotels. Um, if you just don't know and you go and you book Dockside and you think, man, I got this great rate, it's cheap, and then you get there and you're like, oh, there's this Express Pass thing, let me buy it. And it's summer and it's 200 bucks a person a day. Like, I'll personally never probably recommend that you buy Express Pass on its own. I would always say, especially if you're a family of four or something, just pay the extra money for a legacy hotel. It's still going to be a lot cheaper, you know, if that's and, all within your budget. And if you're going with a couple friends, yes. oh, that's even better. Yeah, if you're splitting you're that room splitting up. splitting the room and saving more money. Also, if you're not accustomed to Universal and you don't really know the layout and you're thinking, you know, well, I'm going to go for, you know, uh, two days and I'm going to get, to save a little money, I'm going to get one park on one day and one park on the other day, get get the two park. Yeah. Because you can do yeah, both yeah. parks in a day, even if you're gonna go multiple days. I think it's worth the extra money. It's so nice to be able to hop back and forth. It's so nice to be able to use Hogwarts Express. Yeah. You know, so I would probably recommend that as well. Um, other than that, I mean I don't think we really were caught by surprise with anything, but I just think those all come from a kind of budgeting and financial side that I think are very, very important to know. All right. Next, we've got Jason uh, Polemus. He says, what is your favorite room decor of all the Disney properties? Uh, if you had to remodel a room in your house inspired by a Disney hotel, which room and what style would you choose? He says, I know Jeremy would want one of the pirate beds for y'all's house. <laughs> I, would I would totally do a um, complete pirate room. Like, they're redoing the pirate room. So all that stuff is, is coming out. Really? Which often ends up for sale somewhere. And I think it would be so cool to have a guest bedroom that was the pirate room from Caribbean Beach. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, I just couldn't have any guests over like five foot eight visit the house because those beds are so ah. small and they have that headboard and, and that footboard. Board. What is your favorite overall room decor? And, and is, is that the same one you would want to like redo our house? Let's just say we were going to redo our bedroom. What would you want it done as? And is that separate from what your favorite actual room decor is? at a Disney resort. Yeah, I don't know, because you know I love Stitch, and Stitch is not decorated at Holly, but Moana is. Right. So Those rooms are beautiful, even though we haven't stayed in correct. one of the rooms. But even the old rooms, like, I kind of liked myself. Um, I don't know, I'm just trying to think. My, my, favorite, my favorite room at Disney is Yacht Club. Those okay. are my favorite rooms. Um, I, I just, I love it. I, you feel like you're on vacation. You kind of feel like you're on a cruise, but you're not confined to a cruise ship. Um, okay. if we were redoing our bedroom, I would redo it to the theme of Grand Destino Tower rooms. 
Okay. I love the color schemes. I love that accent wall with the wallpaper and some hidden Mickeys. The little tiny details. It feels very elegant, but it's not like too bougie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so what are you picking? I don't know. Uh, I guess Coronado, probably. Coronado, like in Grand Destino? Or one of the standard rooms that has those, you know, three panchitos and stuff, kind of little accents and such throughout. Because they're a little bit different. I think, you know, the standard yeah. rooms yeah. Uh, are a little more chill and relaxed in I a think way. The stand- well, no, because it's our bed. If you're saying our bedroom, I would probably pick Grand Destino. Yeah. I think, I think that would be beautiful. Yeah. Let's do it. No. We're going to do it. Uh, Jason also asked, I know Rhonda has said it before, but where is the best shrimp and grits on property? Uh, bonus points for the best shrimp and grits at a festival. You've Ooh. done lots of shrimp and grits. Yeah. I thought I knew your answer. I, House of Blues? Yeah, I think I'm going to say that. Even though I haven't had them in a long time, I need to go back and have them. It's got that great but I want. Cake. Yes. I want flipping... Art Smith. Homecoming? Yes, I've got to try those. Okay. And um, the Flower and Garden shrimp and grits that they have going say, on right now is really, really good. Yes. Yeah. Those are great. Those would probably be very, so you, very You score good. bonus points for that one. Yeah. So good job. But yeah, House of Blues was, uh, I, I think it was just such a cool take with that big, thick grit cake. Yeah. And for me, I loved them because they had a, it had a very creamy sauce to it, mm-hmm. which you normally don't like. But, this but I thought it worked really well with that worked cake. Really well together. Yeah. Yes. All right. I'm so sorry. I'm going to probably butcher this name. It is uh, Mariah Key. So I apologize. Um, what should every non-U.S. citizen traveling to Orlando know before they go? So for those coming from abroad, the country, what do we need to know? It could be anything from culture to getting around, or maybe what not to talk about, or anything you can think of. Uh, what every person not from the USA should know. First, I'm going to say right off, if you're not aware, it is hot as all get out uh-huh. for, for many, many, many months of the year. Um, one of the biggest questions we always get is like, I'm going in October. What do I pack? Everything. Yeah. Like October, you always want to be looking at the weather right up to your trip, especially for months like October. Uh, it could be anywhere from 90 to 60. Like you just don't know. September is absolutely brutal. Yes. Um, you can pretty much guarantee that. I'll say, and, and we don't have to get into anything. Don't, don't, don't bother with talking about politics, either yours or the USA's. Um, what did your father always tell you, Rhonda? Oh well, actually, I learned it in hair school. Oh, okay. Uh, because of oh, yeah. talking with so many different clients, there's three things you do not talk about with clients. That is politics, money. And religion, religion. Thank yes. you. <laughs> and and I think that's pretty safe to say here. Yep. Um, especially honestly on the political side and with uh, Disney, you know, yes. I, it's fun. And, and I just mean that not like you're going to walk up to someone and just be like, hey, let's talk politics. But it's even one of those where like you know we'll even overhear things that people are very loudly talking about maybe in a queue, and whether we agree with it or not doesn't really matter. It just could sometimes open up for maybe an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. So I would really just steer clear of that. Uh, and the same thing goes for religion. I mean, that's another reason that you have you have really both sides of the fence. Um, and then, yeah, as far as money goes, I mean, I don't really see that coming up. But I also don't think you'd be <laughs> like, hey, man, we really, ooh, that truck really about cut that guy off in front of us there. Um, so, yeah, I would say steer clear of those three and know that it's very hot. 
uh, as far as transportation goes, if you are staying on property, use Disney's transportation. You know, we got buses, Skyliners, we got boats, minivans are coming back. Yay. Use those. If you are off property, um, study what your hotel or resort shuttle offerings are if they have them. Right. A lot of these places will say, we offer free shuttles to, you know, Disney parks. That's true. But a lot of them are like three times in the morning yeah. at a very specific time. They're three times in the evening at very specific times. Um, they're not going to work for you rope dropping or closing down a park to watch nighttime shows. You have to reserve a lot of them ahead of time, even if they're free. Um, for Magic Kingdom, they have to drop you off at the TTC, which means you're then taking the monorail or boat over. So There's really, a lot of time yeah, that. yeah, or you're then paying for Uber or Lyft. From our personal experience, go for Uber. Um, we have a, had a lot more success with the drivers. We had some really bad experiences with Lyft drivers, especially as it got closer to the evening and nights. So they, I personally would recommend Uber. Yeah, they were, they were crazy sometimes. So um, I think those are probably some pretty important things to know that maybe, you know, non-U.S. citizens coming over just don't really think about. Yeah. All right. Adam Wally asks, what are your thoughts on what Disney is planning to do once Epic Universe is open? What would you like to see happen? Um, first of all, I feel like we're going to see Epic Universe open before Tron does. Uh, I mean, they're already laying foundation for the coasters. They've got tracks starting to go up. Really? Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's insane what they've done in a time span, whereas Disney's been working on Tron for half a decade, and, and we still don't know when it's opening, and we still don't know if it could be this year or what. Right. Um, I don't think Disney does anything. I... I am of the mind that Universal cares very much about everything Disney does. And Disney does not care whatsoever, in theory. Again, obviously, they're looking at Universal and they're having meetings about things. And they're, oh, yeah. you know, they're strategically doing things, but I don't think they do anything that is front-facing to the public and the guests the way that Universal feels the need to constantly take stabs on social media at Disney. Right. You, right. you don't see that from Disney. I think Disney knows to stay in their lane, to do what they're doing best. Again, every time Disney raises a price, everybody loses their stuff. And then a week or two later, Universal does it and, and nobody, nobody notices says or says a word. Yeah. So that shows that Universal is constantly monitoring and reacting and adjusting, I think, to what Disney's doing. In theory, I don't think Disney cares and I don't see them doing any sort of shift based specifically on what Universal is doing. Yeah. Do, you, do you think so? No. No, I don't. Um, but again, oh, you I don't think... agree with me? No, I mean... That was your I, way of saying you agree. I agree, but okay. I don't... Yes, I don't think they will do something. But at the same time, you know, Universal put so much stuff out there. I mean, who knows? Disney could have been in the back talking about stuff. Sure. And it could look like, you know... They don't like, care. Yeah. I No, I agree. But, They're obviously having conversations about Universal. Oh, They'd be stupid not to. Right. They're also probably having conversations about SeaWorld and Busch Gardens and everywhere. They just don't put it out there the way that I feel like Universal does. Like Correct. Universal is that baby brother who's kind of picking on the older brother in a right. sense to make themselves look more grown up and cool is the way that I see it. And I right. love Universal. I'm, for me personally, I'm kind of over their constant quips and, and backlashes on social media at Disney because I think it makes them look petty. 
Yeah. Personally, it's funny every once in a while, but when you're doing it like every week or every other week, I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. Um, the only thing I could see is that Disney really puts their foot on the gas on figuring out how to obtain Marvel. Yeah. Not that they're not that they're not constantly doing that, but maybe there's something where they're like, "All right, we got to really figure this out. Um, you know, what do we do? How do we hammer down Universal to either give up these rights or find something in the, you know, in the contract that we can finally, you know, get them on, and they have to give up rights." That's the only thing I could see because I know they'd love to put, you know, an Avengers campus or something here. Um, I'm gonna turn this one to you, Rhonda. Uh, Adam also asked if you could have any IP. What would you want to see made into an area in the parks? Could be non-Disney or Universal. What would you like? Well, I know I've said it before, but that Tangled, I wish bathroom area, I wish they would just really like focus and just do more in there. Like yeah. have a restaurant, have a have the Snuggly Duckling, have a ride, have, you know, something because it's just, I, I love Tangled and yeah. You know, she's, they've gone pretty far with the animated series and, yeah. you know, a couple of those things. So, I mean, that's what I would like. I, I agree completely. I mean, when when I did that, you know, Magic Kingdom bars with David and Logan episode, yeah. I designed the Snuggly Duckling. And the thought was literally is you, you convert, and I know everybody would hate this, just bear with me. Not everybody, but a lot of purists, I'll say, you convert Small World into a Tangled Boat Ride. And then between, I think you could go behind. I think you could keep. Um, you could, well, world. you got to look at the space because behind there is a, a kind of a, a section right between that could be a walkway that you would then plot a brand new building of the Snuggly Duckling right there behind Small World and have the bathroom area and all of that still. Um, if you were to go new, then you do a full expansion. I mean, they're doing you know this whole Frozen Land overseas. I would take a Frozen oh, Land. Um, I would also love, you know, especially now we have a Baymax short coming out, uh, San Fran, Tokyo. Yeah. You know, an entire Big Hero 6 land. Um, I don't know where you would put that one. I feel like that would have to be a Hollywood Studios type thing. And then, of course, as we were just talking, a Marvel land, a true Marvel land, if we yeah. could get rights back somehow. Or I should say in the first place for the theme park here, not necessarily back. Uh, Adam also asked, if one of the biggest complaints from guests is overcrowding, do you think Disney should actually reduce the capacity levels and continue with the reservation system? How could you change this to make it work better, bringing a more enjoyable experience but via a slightly more restricted way to access? If you, if you limit capacity, you increase ticket prices. Yeah. Plain and simple. So yeah. I would not want that. Yeah. Um, we, while we, we don't love the reservation system, I would say, and certainly have our qualms, such as a five reservation limit to right. pass holders, especially like in Credit Pass, you know, because often we're either staying off property or we might be coming down for the day and you want to book out several months in advance. The reservation system has always worked for us. Yeah. Like we've not had an issue ever getting a reservation for a park yet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Disney, their plan is to continue to increase prices until people stop paying them. Yeah. And, and then that would reduce crowds and capacity. You know, I think Genie Plus was their way to combat crowds as far as uh, lines go. Mm -hmm. um, standby times, for the most part, have gotten a little bit better. 
I mean, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I don't think you can reduce capacity in the parks. And the thing is, there's still, even when, even when reservations are gone for a park, that park is not at true 100% capacity. Right. It's still at technically a reduced capacity. Right. At whatever that may be, 70, 80%, not 100% sure. Um, I mean, do you, is there anything you think? How, how do you feel the crowds are, Rhonda? How are you feeling? Oh, because I mean, we've been here a lot. It's summer. Oh, it's there's a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, they are back to filling all the available space. Yep. And it, it is very crowded, but, you know, that's that's the way it is. And I, I don't see that going away, like Jeremy said, unless, you know, they really raise ticket prices and I'd prefer that not to happen. Right. They're going to do that yearly anyways. Right. Um, do you feel, and it's just so hard to gauge because I can literally remember standing in World Showcase not long after reopening and doing a full 360 spin and not seeing another guest. It's hard to remember what, you know, PC was like pre-COVID. Yeah. Do you feel it's just as crowded or more crowded or less crowded than pre-COVID times? Oh, I would say it's um, maybe just as crowded. I wouldn't say more crowded because yeah. I think they still are limiting for some reason. Um, yeah. And but I mean, if it is, if it is technically more crowded, it's because we're still coming off all this pent up demand. Right. And not only that, but Florida is open basically and Florida's been open and if you're still having harder times traveling flying to different countries you know with the COVID stuff yeah. it's very easy to be down here yeah so I think that would be the thing but also I agree with you like it's never been hard for us to get a reservation even one time we were staying at Fort Wilderness and we were staying and doing, I think it was last Father's Day, and we were just doing a staycation, so we weren't going to any of the parks, yeah. but we were riding the boat, and I was like, Magic Kingdom doesn't look busy, like, let's just see, and it was that day, we're like, why don't we just try to get a reservation, and we did, yeah. just like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, shoot, look at last week on Thursday, we were tapped out at our five AP reservations, right? Yeah. On Thursday, we scanned into Epcot that immediately released one and I booked an Epcot reservation for the next day. Yeah. And probably I'm going to do the same thing today because yep. we're tapped out on our five. That I would like to see change. Um, I would like to see park hopping bumped up maybe to noon. Oh, yes. I know that a lot of people do not like the reservation system. I especially see it for locals. Like, I totally get it. You want it last minute, and maybe the park's not available. I totally, totally get that. Um, but, I mean, I think it's here to stay for some time because it gives Disney the numbers they need and the data data that they need yeah. to, you know, uh, you know, put cast members in the parks, food, merch, I mean, everything. They can, but also see how busy it actually yeah, is. Yep. So, you know, and they're using all that to then go, hey, you know how we kind of adjust ticket prices based on how busy it is? We didn't realize how busy this week was going to be. So maybe next year that's a change. You know what I mean? Yep. So I don't unfortunately think it's going away. Um, just plan, you know, ahead if you can and just know that if your park is not available for the day you want, I know it can be a pain, book one that is, scan in, park hop after two because you got no restriction after two. That's the only thing I find weird. 
Yeah. But it and, also proves that they're not operating at true capacity. And you can start going, like if you're at a park, start, I believe, about 115. Yeah, making your way. Making your way. And I think they start you letting in. Again, just know that that type of stuff. Um, Laura Snow says, best ways to cool down on a hot day in the parks or at Disney in general. We have reservations for August. It's our first time visiting in summer. And as Canadians, expect to be very overwhelmed by the heat. Uh Um, I'll turn it over to Rhonda for a few quick answers. And I know Laura went back and listened to the episode. We just did a full episode on ways to beat the heat. Um, You, yeah, as Canadians, your first time in Florida in summer, overwhelmed, yes, 100%. Like, you walk outside and it hits you in the face. Yeah. What are a couple quick tips, though, for maybe anyone that didn't get a chance to listen to that episode? And we do recommend you go back. Um, what are a couple of our, our few key items that you just better pack in your park bag? Well, for one, um, sunscreen, you know, and then cooling stuff like cooling towels. Like you can even, if you want the fan, you can get the fan in park or you can get it prior to and bring it over with you like on Amazon or something. Honestly, I would say one of the number one things I would say, and I think I just kind of realized this, and this was not on the episode we talked about, but you know, if you're coming from Canada and you're, you're usually dressing in like pants and things like that, well, just shorts and t-shirts or tank tops. There's so many times where we will be in the parks where I'm like, I don't understand how is that person in jeans and a yeah. and a long sleeve or and it's just so hot and I'm like do they come from somewhere that they expected to be you know a little like I don't know yeah so yeah. that's what I would say for sure I'll also say if you are not used to humidity um, it is a whole other animal here I. Growing up in Maryland, you'd get some humidity and stuff, but I used to hate when people were like, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. I'm like, it's 95 degrees outside, it's the heat. It's different here. It's not the heat, it's the humidity. Yeah. Like, it can be 95, but you add in that 85% humidity, and it's just something completely different if you've never experienced it. And I think that's the biggest thing to prepare yourself for. And if you don't know what humidity really is, it's like, it's just like walking out into a cloud of hot breath (laughs) and with that being said make sure you hydrate and stay very hydrated drink lots of water every place that um, serves a fountain drink will give you a free water yeah you can ask for that please do it's one of those and I think we said this in that episode you know even if you don't think you're thirsty yeah when you're walking past one if you think you know what I haven't had anything to drink in like an hour but I don't really feel thirsty go ahead and just get one and, and if, if all you, you take is three sips and throw the rest in the garbage, who cares? Well, <laughs> and if you don't like the Florida water, just make sure you do pack bottles of water that you can technically bring in a cooler. People have backpack coolers and stuff like that. I would freeze the waters because then they'll start to thaw out and then that's another way to cool down. So do all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, Please go back and listen to that episode if you didn't get a chance already. What episode was that, Jeremy? 
Um, it was a couple. You want the number right now? I think it was. I think it was. Um, I thought you had it off the top of your head. I'm sorry. No, I think it was two. I think it might have been two weeks ago, as the Friday two weeks ago, as this episode is coming out on a Friday. All right. Finally, from Kyle Wilson says, guys, if you had the choice to see any one of the canceled rides Disney has mentioned over the years come to fruition, what would it be and why? I want me some Mary Poppins, whatever that was. We'll call it an attraction because we don't know 100% what it was going to be. But I think that would be such an incredible addition to the UK Pavilion. Yeah. Oh, um, 100%. I mean, to be honest, if all it was was a flipping carousel with music and stuff, like I would almost take it. Yeah. But I think that would be so cool. Um, I was extremely worried that the Splash Mountain refurb was going to get axed. You know, I love Splash Mountain. If it had stayed the same, that's fine. Just knowing that we had a chance to get a Princess and the Frog ride of any way, I'd rather a brand new one. Right. Do you, do you agree and, and keep Splash Mountain? Or I know, again, there's, this is one that is very controversial. Of, controversial and political and all that stuff. Um, you know... I'm perfectly fine with them redoing it. I'd be okay if it stayed the same. But boy, if we could have Splash Mountain as well as a Princess and the Frog completely new ride, yeah, I think that would be cool. Yep, um, I agree. Again, not not necessarily canceled, but outside of Tangled, because I know we kind of talked about this with the land. Are there? What's another like? Is there another Disney IP that you wish they'd create a ride from? I'm just kind of adding my own question. Oh, um. <laughs> I mean, again, out, outside of Tangled, I've always said Princess and the Frog. We're getting that. Um, would you like a proper Beauty and the Beast? I started ride? to say Beauty and the Beast, but like there's so ride? many like just actual like you know sing-alongs, and which I did my Disney first. Yep. Which was the Epcot Disney Beauty and the Beast sing-along. Yep. Um, oh yeah, we talked about that. Last yeah, we did. Week. My bad. We did. Um, um, I would love a Beauty and the Beast dark yeah. ride but again. That'd be cool. They've got one overseas. Just bring it here. They do? Yeah. And it's it's beautiful. The animatronics and all are incredible. That's what I want to see go back. These are more of the realistic animatronics where it's still like the rubber faces and all. But, you know, I thought at first the technology of Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, um, Frozen Ever After, Frozen Ever After, um, um, oh my goodness, the projection faces at first were really cool. And now I don't like them uh. at all. Like, it is so hard for me to ride Frozen and not look at the disparity between the rubber neck color compared to the projection face color. Huh. It looks awful. It, does, it works really well on like the trolls. I think it works really well on the seven dwarves over yeah. on Mine Train. I do not like it on Anna and Elsa. I do not think it works at all, especially at that end scene. If we ride that tonight, take a look at the very end scene yeah. and look at the neck compared to face projection. And it's just, it's horrible. Like I'd love to see them upgrade those animatronics again they have no reason to is the problem yeah um, any final thoughts Rhonda we love these Q&A's we'll probably do another one uh, about two months from now we tend to do them about every other month yeah. um, you guys absolutely fun. knocked it out of the park with questions yes thank y'all so much plus I love to actually like record maybe we can always record these from the car now because we're like 15 minutes away now like that just time just flew because uh, we're just sitting here chatting Disney which we love to do of course and honestly, these are, it's neat because these are the type of conversations we have a lot of times just on car rides anyway. Yeah. So now we're just recording them and maybe that's something we'll do for the future um, where we kind of just record our, our talks and maybe it becomes something available in Wonderland Crew. Um, by the way, if you go to wonderlandcrew.com right now, you will see a little uh, 
text that says all new Wonderland crew is coming soon. Um, working this week and next week for July 1st launch to completely revamp kind of what Wonderland crew is. Uh, there will be multiple tiers. There's going to be a chance for a lot of bonus content, um, you know, and chances to kind of be involved uh, with us and with Wonderland crew and stuff. Um, again, it, Wonderland crew supports the show. Uh, you know, it, it, it helps support what it costs to run the show, to go to events, to check out dining experiences, to host the podcast, host the website, you know, do merch, do all these different things. And we put all of it back into the show. Anything that people are, you know, anything that our patrons are putting to us, we're putting directly back into the show, uh, just so you know. So keep an eye on wonderlandcrew.com and we'll announce more here in the coming weeks all about it so you can check it out. Uh, again, if you hit that subscribe button, you get those brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. As long as you're out there, we would be very thankful and grateful if you could leave us a rating and review. Because it'll help our show grow. That's all we got. We'll see you real soon. Jeremy and Rhonda are more than a little fond of Disney World. So they made this podcast to share it all with you. Reports and resorts, top ten lists of all sorts. Main Street Magic's bringing it home for you.